I'm not going to introduce Rabbi Smith. I'll just tell you it says six drusha in under four hours. Please be nice. Don't be a difficult audience. Rabbi Smith, Baruch Hashem, had a chance. If you have children and a lot of yeshivas and Beis he's able to speak for them. And I pushed for the opportunity that the women should be able to get something as well. And he agreed. Yashikayach, everyone, for coming. And Yashikayach, Rabbi Smith. As you can see, my voice is uh, indicative of my uh, presence here. <coughs> so it will have to be Dvar Mayoit Simen Alev. First of all, I don't know who the Rebetzin is, but she gets a lot of credit, wherever she is, and for uh, having this spectacular morning, early morning, um, Kiddush Hashem, and to see the shining faces of these Bostonians indicates that uh, the Bershon Bleit Nishulzik and the Bershon should give Taka the Rebetzin together with the Rav, continue Ratzlocha and Gesund, from the community and the, all of the people of the city. You know, I have a nature. When I have something good, I, I like to share it with others. You know, people get a bargain. You call your friends. You know, you gotta go, gotta buy this now. It's it's a half price. I want to tell you about a bargain that will bring bracha into your house and beyond. The Gemara says in Baba Basra, Dav if someone gives tzedakah, he receives, or he or she, obviously, I'm just not used to speaking to women, so just translate it, he to she. <laughs> they receive six brachas. But, if someone who doesn't have the money to give says a nice word, a kind word. Yeah, yeah. gets 11 brachas. So the commentators point out that not because he's stingy, he doesn't have money. But he says a nice word. You know, I'd love to help you, but I don't have money in me, but your child at six should have a full shalema. You your, your, your mar- marry with your children, with, have money for it. He uses kind words, gets almost double the bracha. Now that's a steal. <laughs> In America they say cheap, talk is cheap. And Al-Gamar is telling us that words are almost double the reward. But how do you explain that in a rational way? How do you explain that words are almost double the reward for hard-earned money? So I once learned it from experience. I was once speaking in an out-of-town community and for men and women. And after I finished, someone wanted to talk to me behind the machitza. And I spoke then what's very close to my heart, what's called chesed bedibor. We know that chesed symbolizes running to a hospital, b'kechoylem, nichem avelem, but there's a chesed that's too often overlooked. And that is chesed b'dibur. And that is words. The way the Chacham puts it so succinctly in Mishlei, moves v'chayim b'yad loshen. And we know the destruction 
how words wreak havoc in someone's life, how a painful world has an insensitive comment, could destroy someone's day. But that's only half of the picture. Because the other half is Chayim Biyad Loshim. Words are therapeutic. Words are healing. Words are uplifting. Words are rejuvenating. And words could sometimes be a quick injection of Simcha Sechayim. That was my theme. And this woman wanted to tell me something from personal experience. She was a young mother with a number of children. She wasn't feeling good, but you know how it is. Nothing. She goes to the doctor, goes, that's nah, nothing. Let's just run tests just in case. That's nothing. Right. Next day she gets an urgent call from the doctor. Please come right away. And the foreboding signs were apparent. The doctor told her that she has the dreaded illness. But he feels with aggressive treatments, she stands a good chance. So she told me that a world just caved in front of her eyes. Her, parent, her parents don't know, her husband doesn't know, children don't know. It's time for supper, they're coming home. She can't think of making supper. What, what do you do? So she decides, you know, we're going to go to the pizza shop, which they didn't go typically. And the kids were a little apprehensive, a little suspicious, and they were acting a little more subdued than typically. And she used the opportunity to break the bad news. But she told me she got up to go to the sink to get some water, to drinking water. And a lady from the next table gets up and says, I don't know you, but I want you to know, I observed your family. You have such a lovely family. You should be gesund and have loads of nachas. And this woman was crying, but then she said, I can swear to you, I went through two and a half years of excruciatingly painful chemotherapy and radiation. You know what kept me going? Those few words, you, should, you have such a lovely family. You should be gesund and have nachas. Isn't it true? Chayim biyad loshen. Isn't it true that words are new lease on life sometimes? It's noteworthy. The Rambam, the great Paisik that he was, codifies this awesome mitzvah, is an, is an obligation on every single person. And then he says, therefore. Now, if I'll be dramatic, I'll make a drum roll. What would be the Rambam's first example of Avas Yisrael in a practical way? How do you fill that out? Give tzedakah, help someone, run to a hospital. You know what the Rambam says? And it's noteworthy. Lefichach tzorech lesaper b'shvachoy. The first and primary example of Avas Yisrael is compliment someone. You know why? Because we're all human beings. And words remain. Words legitimize us. A compliment identifies us. Just like words destroy, 
words build. Just like words can wreak havoc in someone's life, words could build someone's life. Rabbi Yapian, the great tzaddik, was a Talmud of Kelim. And he said when we're learning in Kelim, as great as the Altav in Kelim was, he was a legend in his times, but the Rebetzin was, was a, I don't know if he said one man show or one woman show, but she ran the whole yeshiva. The finances, the building, the cooking, and the, the Bachim couldn't understand how one person could do so much. So he said, I discovered her, her greatness. Because once I was invited to his house for Shabbos, and I noticed after every bit of food that the, that the Rebetzin cooked, the altar complimented her profusely. He even remembered what the, what the altar said. He said, the challah is so delicious, we should make a barmian mezainas on it. And he said, then I understood her greatness. Because when someone feels appreciated and the work does not go un, unnoticed, and when someone feels that there's someone recognizing their work that empowers them, that energizes them, that invigorates them to do the impossible. And I always say that to the men. But the truth is true for the women also. There's nothing in your husband's life, in your children's lives, in your parents' lives that is meaningful as words. Because really a person could have all the money in the world, but that feeling of recognition is something only that someone else could do. Tells of an incident, it was a Friday morning, he was learning with the great Chaim Kanyevsky, and the Rebbeson comes in with a big cup of coffee, bigger size than usual. So she, he puts it down in front of Reb Chaim. So she starts making a speech. And she said, this is not the regular cup of coffee, but this is in recognition of Reb Chaim, made a him this morning, and I'm very proud of him. And she said, that's the most important words that a wife could do if she recognizes her husband's learning. And I'm doing that so all the men here should know what the role of a woman is. And, he put the, and she put down the cup of coffee, a big cup, and Chaim had a, a classic smile of his. But it was such an incredible insight. Chaim wasn't a little child. He was a Godel Hadar. But he's human. And words go a long way. I'll give you another example. I was once in the bank, Erev Pesach. People go to the bank, Erev Pesach, with all the expenses. And there was a woman waiting in the machine next to mine. She was a neighbor of ours. Her husband was a Rebbe in the Shiva where my children attend. And she gets all emotional. Thank you so much for the letter. Thank you so much for the letter. My husband, it meant so much to him. I had no idea what she was talking about. 
I didn't write a letter. It's, you know, my husband worked so hard, nobody appreciates it, but that letter you sent on Hanukkah, he still looks at it. And then I realized, and I, I let out such a sigh of sadness, because it was Hanukkah, and as you know, we send our token of appreciation to our children rebellion. And I believe you don't send the envelope with your little eight-year-old, Rebbe, this is for you a tip. You know, make him feel like, like, like he's worthless. I, I can't give it to my child to get to Rebbe. But I wanted to mail it. Not to give it to him. So I decided, he's, I'm not paying an electric bill. Was giving a check. So I wrote a note. I don't know how long it took me. And the Rebbe was living on it from Hanukkah until Pesach. I don't know what happened after Pesach. But a few words. Because when a person could work and no one says the obvious, the assumption is that no one cares. We control the happiness of our children's rabbeim, mowers, mechanchem, mechanchos. Why aren't we more generous in, in harnessing the awesome power of Chaim B'yad Lashen for those that deserve it. You know, I tell the Balbatim, you know the Rebbe's phone number when you want to complain. Why don't you call him when you're happy? Is it that hard? Rapam Zuchan al would call up wives of the younger light and say, I'm calling to give you a Nachas report. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, he was busy. But if I could say a word to make someone happy, why don't I? I tell the boys all the time in yeshiva, you enjoy the meals, where they're coming from. There's a cook working. Do we express our gratitude for that? I cannot forget Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky every Friday night. I spent many summers with him in Arshraga. He would go into the kitchen on Shabbos, Friday night, Wish the, the cook, a woman, a special good Shabbos. And he made a, he made a Shabbos. One year he had to leave suddenly. Something came up. And I was close with him. He said he has to thank the cook. He can't leave without thanking her. I said, but it's, it's off hours. I can't leave. I want to thank her. So he started looking for her. I was looking for her. And she found out that she was looking for us. So she came running down the steps. to He was waiting by the car. And he went this way, and she went the other way. Bikitsa, they finally met. And she was so overtaken by emotion, how she's getting such a, an honorable treatment. In front of all the boys, she started crying. She says, she spoke in Yiddish, Allah wages. Now, wages is Yiddish for wages, you see? Allah wages. Kup Nishtsu doesn't compare to their moment, to this moment. And then you understand that Gemara. Because you give someone money, it's important. Money comes and money goes. But words remain. Words are uplifting. How, how much time would it take to compliment those that could use it? You know, the American government has a program. You see something, Say something. I want to adapt that. You see a person, you see something, say something. And you go to a chasana, 
Now, again, I can't say this to men, but I think it's appropriate here. And the Balsimcha, they spend so much time in coordinating the clothing and the outfits. You say, you know, the kids look gorgeous. It validates all their work. You meet someone that the child got engaged, says, you know, I know you, Mechotanim, they're wonderful people. I know the Kala, I know the Chassan. I'm not telling you to lie. But if you, if you see something, say something. And you see the non-Jewish mailman, and you, you give him a warm good morning, you're telling him that we are a chosen nation. Now, you want to give him a holiday gift? That, that's, that's optional. But give him something more meaningful. Good morning, have a nice day. I missed you last week, are you okay? Those gestures that go a long way. After the untimely passing of, of Nassim Sri Finkel, the beloved Mira Shiva, they interviewed his mother. She should be live, live and be well. And they asked her point blank, how'd you bring up such a child? So she said, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I always complimented him. And that's the oldest truth. Children are like plants. The more you water them, the more they grow. Are we using the Chayim B'yad Lashin in our relationship with our children? And the fact that they're married or older perhaps increases the importance of it, not diminish. It's an opportunity. Time-free, cost-free opportunity. But a person has to be programmed to understand that my words are worth all the money in the world. We just laying not long ago, Yosef languishing in prison, no hope in sight. He must have been despondent, to put it mildly. And one morning, a typical morning, he wakes up and he sees his two non-Jewish inmates, fellow inmates, don't look good. Now, what would the average person do? Okay, you know, each their own. Not my business. I'm at the, um, I'm at the, the chaplain here. But Yosef wasn't an ordinary person. Yosef, when I said, You don't look good today. You know what happened? That started a chain of events that in no time he was catapulted to the greatest position, the second greatest position in Mitzrayim. You see what a few words could do? And I understood, Oilam Chesed Yibaneh doesn't just mean that you build someone else's word, world with your chesed, but you build your own world. Yosef is the primary example of that. I once met a Bach from the yeshiva. It was like, well, middle of winter, and he was in there at Yisrael. I said, what brings you here? He says, oh, I have a chasana, my brother's chasana. I said, oh, mother, the wonderful. Said, did you did you travel alone? Who you travel with? So he said, No, I traveled alone. So I was in a funny mood. I'm not sure why. I said, You traveled alone? The whole jet, just for you? <laughs> he says, No, no, no. I mean, I didn't come with friends. It wasn't the end of this man. I traveled alone. But it was. He said it was a packed flight with 400 people shoulder to shoulder. 
He says, you know, you taught me a great lesson. A person could be sitting on a packed jet, shoulder to shoulder with 400 people, and he's traveling alone. You know, there are people in our community, in our families, that are traveling alone in this world. And you might not realize it, but they're traveling alone. You know, simchas come and simchas go, and they're rarely invited. Purim comes, the next door neighbor, across the street, getting loads of shalach manis, and they barely get one or two. They're traveling alone. And the Gemara says, but that existence is, the person has no friends, death is preferable. And sometimes an invitation, a phone call, a person could be that chayim biyad loshen. That words, those words give a person a whole new lease in life. I am important. I do count. Someone cares about me. How about a phone call to parents if we still say to have parents? Not because you have any particular need. I'm just going to tell you that Chani got 100 on a test. What are, what are you saying? I'm busy raising a family. It's nothing of, of great importance, but I'm thinking of you. And Chani got 100. She always gets hundreds. But, you know, I can make you happy. The message is loud and clear that you're not traveling alone. Because typically older parents are less productive I feel less important. And the phone call could be that injection of Simcha Sachayim. The Murray says it very bluntly. Oy Chavrusa, Oy Misusa. Either a friend or death. And the phone is the Chavrusa that replaces the miserable Misusa whether it's with parents, whether it's with the neighbors. And then I started to think, that's what the Gemara is teaching us. Because you give someone money, it's appreciated, but they can get money from other people, and they can live without the money. But that validating feeling, that you're important, that compliment, that, that attention that you're giving, cannot be bought for all the money in the world. That person traveling alone cannot stand in front of the mirror and say, oh, you're so important, it's good to see you. But no one else does. And then I realized our children's happiness, our spouse's happiness, our parents' happiness, our children's happiness, the next-door neighbor, the cook, the balsimcha, it's just an unlimited opportunity of doing so much with so little. Imagine you get a phone call from the wealthiest person in Boston. I think it's Rabbi Halpern. <laughs> but you're talking about, you know, financially. Maybe he is, but definitely the lovely children I saw. And he says, I need a favor from you. So you listen closely because you will certainly find this experience enriching. And he says, I have an old habit. Every Purim, I want to make people happy. I love making people happy. 
So I get $100,000 in cash, $100 bills. I give it out to anybody that I see. Not rich, not poor, not tzedakah. I give it to my brothers, my parents, my cousin, anybody. And I make them happy. I feel so good about it. This year, my daughter had a baby. She just called me from Eretz Yisrael. I have to go to the bris. I'm going to be overseas. I can't do my, my mitzvah. Do me a favor. I'll bring to your house $100,000 cash. And you give it out. And just a token of my appreciation, I will give you $10,000 in cash just as expression of thanks. What would your reaction be? Great, right? Rewarded handsomely, making my closest and dearest to my, myself happy. Like, why not? Imagine a person says, you know what? You, you can't do it, so don't do it. Just go. Don't worry. Cruel, right? Insanity, right? But you know what's sad? We are the nimshal. We were put down in this world with the mouth, the greatest chesed dispenser imaginable. Chayim biad lashin, that chesed exceeds money, almost double the value of money. Do we take advantage? of making those closest and dearest to us happy. And again, it starts with children, spouses, parents, relatives. The closer it is, the more meaningful the compliment is. You know, when you hear that Pasik in Mishle, Mavis, B'chayim, B'yad, Loshoim, that's become the battle cry of the Shmir Salashin movement, the wonderful, uplifting movement of curtailing or perhaps stopping Lashon Hara. And you're going to have to be deaf, not to hear Shleimah crying. Mavis biyad Lashon. Eden, wake up. Words are synonymous with death, with destruction. And you can hear Shleimah's pain and Shleimah's gavain and Shleimah's anguish. But I hear in those words an equally timely message. Shleimah's cry and Shleimah's pain and Shleimah's gavain you could do so much with words. You could water your children and see more nachas. You could express your gratitude to your children's rabbeim. You could show your appreciation to your spouse, to your parents. It's the same tragedy. Why don't we take advantage? There are people that are traveling alone in this world. It's a gold mine of Abbas Yisroh. You know, Yesh Kainer Lama Bisha Achas, as I'll tell us, a person in an hour could change, could be kind of a new world. If I could suggest my message for today, try this. Try once a day. Maybe until today you wouldn't do it, but to use the Kayach of words, and you'll see how true it is. Chayim Biat Lashin. But I warn you, it's very addictive. It's very habit-forming. Because you're going to change the world person by person. As long as you're focusing of your unlimited ability to make so many people happy in such a cost-free, time-free way. But you have to care. And let me leave you with a story that happened to me many years ago. As you can see from the story, a lot of old... um, 
relics are, are, are occurred in this story. I met a friend of mine in Shul, and he says, you know, I'm trying to call you, and I can't get through. Your phone is busy. Remember the busy signal? <laughs> so I said, you're right. I, you got the right number because I have two, teen, two, two teenage daughters and the phone is always busy. <laughs> so he said, I got to speak to you, but now we've we got to dive in. I said, you know what? Do me a favor. I'm going to go home tonight, 9 o'clock. I'm going to sit by the phone. No one's going to touch the phone. Be prompt. I can't keep my family off, off limits. Call me 9 o'clock. We'll talk. I said, sure. Wait. I'm by the phone. 9 o'clock, 9.15, 9.30. Not a trace of my friend. So I gave up. I can't keep my family off the phone. The next morning, I met him by Shachris. And I realized this is my challenge of all challenges. If I could control myself and not say a word, I hit the jackpot. But you know what happened? He came up to me. Where were you last night? I said, don't play with me. I was waiting. Where were you? I was so desperate. I was calling and calling and calling. And you, you, didn't, you didn't respond. You didn't pick up the phone even. I said, don't play with me. I was waiting till 9.30. He said, listen, I'm not lying. I said, I got to go home. I got I to figure out the mystery. I went to my study where I was waiting by the phone. And evidently someone wanted a quiet place to either sleep or learn. So they went to my phone and they turned the ringer to off. And then I realized a person could be calling and calling and desperate. But if the ring is off, you're not going to hear them. My message to you is put the ringer on. See your children's happiness, your spouse's happiness, your parents, your relatives, the non-Jewish neighbor. What The power that you have Put the ringer on, you'll hear the Chayim Biyat Lashen opportunities. And the Barashim should help. That you should become addicted and habit forming. To be Zaychat, to use words, to build worlds. And the Olam Chesed Yibana, the Barashim should give you the continued good health and Nachas to enjoy your family. The Zun Tehate, until be Zaychat, the Gula. Thank you all for listening.